Hello and welcome to Bring Your Own Popcorn. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, Jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, here today with a very special guest, actress, comedian, lovely human being, Melissa Melanson. Hello! Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, so glad to have you. You have selected a very fun film for us to talk about today. But before we get into our featured film, I'm going to ask you some background questions to get a sense of your experience and vibe with movies. Sure. Starting with, what was the first movie that you remember seeing in theaters? Okay, so I I know that this isn't the first movie I ever saw. I don't think it was, but the first one that I really remember was Disney's The Lion King nice. when it first came out. It was just, it was such an amazing experience as a kid. I feel like it was so groundbreaking at the time. Absolutely, yeah. It's also like famous for being so sad, <laughs> being so very sad. Oh, oh, yes, absolutely, yeah. It was in a dry eye in the audience, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I saw it with my parents once, but then we actually took a field trip to go see it with my class. Ooh. Just like seeing it in the theater with a bunch of other kids. Wow. When the, uh, you know, the circle of life starts playing and Everyone was blown away. And I remember I had goosebumps when the music was playing. Yeah, and then when Mufasa dies, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was heartbreaking. Yeah, it's such, yeah. A, such an intense thing for kids, I feel like. I've That's interesting. I've never heard of a field trip where they you got to go to the movies. We got to go to the movies. I know. That's the only time it ever happened. <laughs> I can remember. What grade was that? Was that like, it was in first grade. Was it first grade, maybe? That would have been like, second well, grade? if we're the same age, that's probably when it came out. I don't know if you saw it. Like, it might have been like first or second grade. Wild. How cool. Yeah. <laughs> Was this like a film arts first grade? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, I know. I don't know. I didn't have a joke for that. But... <laughs> Academy of Little Ho- Hollywood. Hollywood well, primary know. school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love I love seeing movies in like a big group like that. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that experience of seeing a movie in this communal setting for the first time? It was just really fantastic to be able to, I don't know, have that experience. It just feels like such a connecting experience. It was really amazing and really exciting. And that was like one of the first times when I feel like, you know, going back to school and that was something that all the kids were talking about was being able to have that shared story with everybody. And then, you know, you go out to the playground and it's like, oh, let's play Lion King. Let's pretend to be the characters in the movie. (laughs) I don't know, just having like a shared pop culture experience with your peers, I feel like was like really important as a kid. Yeah, that's so cool. I never thought of it that way. The way that you all like literally you got to watch the same thing, actually see the same thing together and have this like touchstone that you all like knew that you could all bond over because you all saw it literally together. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a great way of putting it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying back what you said. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. After you saw it, do you remember thinking like, 
oh, I really want to see more movies or. Absolutely. I remember thinking I wanted to see more movies. I wanted to be in them too. It was that Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I didn't even realize it at the time. I think, think didn't he do the kid voice for Simba? That sounds right. And I remember thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to uh, be one of the voices in an animated film. That'd be so, that would just be so neat. JTT did the talking and then Jason Weaver did the singing, apparently. Isn't that so funny how that happens? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just being like, ah, your voice isn't that good for uh, for singing, but we'll get you as the the headliner. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always wonder how it must have felt for the guy in the Darth Vader suit. Like, imagine being in a movie and then like your lines are just all <laughs> dubbed over. Yeah, right. Yeah, like it was the right <laughs> choice, but I wonder how that feels. <laughs> right. We're like, no, that was me, but. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm the suit walking around. (laughs) Oh, James Earl Jones. That's who it was. Oh, yeah. Isn't he in Lion King also? Wait, wait a minute. You're going to blow my mind right now. (laughs) He was Mufasa. Yeah. Mufasa, Darth Vader. We've, uh, you know, found a a common thread to tie it all together. (laughs) He just has a dad voice, whether it's a good dad or an evil dad. Yeah. Dad. Cool. So that was the first one you saw. But what was the first movie that you saw in the theaters without any parents or any supervising adults? <laughs> so I remember when I was a kid, my uh, my cousin was visiting. Or no, I was visiting San Diego and um, met up with my cousin that I hadn't seen in a very long time. He was two days older than me. <laughs> and we got to go in to see a uh, scary movie. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, how old are you? We were like, I think we were like 12 at the time. Oh, dang. <laughs> like, I think we got my parents to buy us tickets. Oh. So, and they knew it was like, okay, it's, you know, it's a parody movie. We know there's like probably raunchy humor, but mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. So I actually got my parents consent to see the movie, but it still felt like I was getting away with something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we get to laugh at the dirty jokes and our parents aren't there. How awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Yeah. yeah, that was rated R. Dang. Yeah, right? It was a pr- pretty big deal at the time. Also, I realized at that time that I really loved parody and like satire films too, because with my other cousin years before, I think I was about like nine or 10 at the time, she showed me Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. And I saw that and that was like, I when, when the alien rips out his stomach and does the hello, my baby, hello, my darling. I just lost my mind laughing and I thought that was so funny. I was like, yes, this is like, this is everything. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I feel like parody is really easy to like because it's sort of similar to what you were saying earlier about that shared experience because when you're parodying something, it's like something that people already know about. So it's not like you're giving me a new idea. It's it's a right. pre-packaged thing and then let's like tweak it a little bit and then that just becomes hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah, it's that shared connection that you have with, you know, everyone else. And it's like, you know, subverting this like scary moment into something funny, (laughs) like breaks the tension. And I just, I loved it fell in love with it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Especially taking, because I always say that like horror and comedy are like best friends because they both are about building up tension and then releasing it. So to take something that's about that one kind of tension, like the scary anxiety tension and then turn it into the other one is like just perfect. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? I remember reading that that's one of the reasons or that's 
one of the ways laughter evolved in people was a breaking of the tension where it's like, oh, if you laugh, that means everything's okay. So it's like someone gets hurt, someone falls down, you realize they're okay. Okay, we're all laughing. It's okay. (laughs) So it's like a signal to everybody else that everything's going to be all right. Oh my God. So that's like why people started laughing when someone gets injured. It's like, it's not mean. It's actually, they're making everything okay. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I love that. Oh yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah, That's super interesting. I'm going to keep thinking about that off air. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So yeah. When when there's a jump scare and then you realize that it's not an actual threat, Mm. then you're, oh, okay. (laughs) Makes you laugh because it just eases everything. And that makes total sense. I love it fascinating humans are fascinating creatures humans are fascinating and so are movies for that exact reason (laughs) just a bunch of animals making moving pictures for the other animals to enjoy (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah figuring out all the different ways you can sort of play with people's emotions and brains I guess yeah so other than the main feature we're going to talk about later please tell me one of your favorite movies of all time and why it's always a hard question. Okay. <laughs> I might be the only one, to, the only person to say this, but one of my favorite movies of all time, not even kidding, was Zoolander. <laughs> oh, that's a fun one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot. I honestly forgot about that movie, but no, it's, I, it's fun. I, yeah, I like legitimately thought it was one of the funniest things I had seen when I first saw it in theaters. I just... I thought it was great. I thought Ben Stiller was great. I thought the commentary on, you know, the fashion world and modeling and the frivolousness of actors. I thought that was just hilarious. And I think it was like slightly based on Glamorama by Brett Easton Ellis. Mm, I'll Google it. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's um, it's this book about a uh, a model who ends up being recruited to be an assassin. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't remember if it was actually based on it or if they kind of got in trouble for it being similar. Yes. Your your second idea was correct is that it was very similar. Oh. But not necessarily directly based. But who knows if I feel like people often don't want to say if they're like, oops, yeah, I might have read that book and then made it in a movie, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I legitimately love Zoolander. I feel like it's a very smart, dumb comedy in its own way. Totally. I loved that movie. I I haven't seen it since high school, but one of the things I remember feeling about it is that some comedies that I would see, I would come away from them not feeling good because I would feel like a lot of times it was about like punching down or about like making people feel bad. And I remember coming away from Zoolander and being like, that wasn't like that at all. Like I just feel good and like warm and like it's a different sort of comedy than the other comedies that I'd seen. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's interesting. You say that too. Yeah. About like the punching down, like, of course there's like cheap laughs in it, but it's like the, most of the jokes and the commentary is about, you know, it's about the upper crust or it's about, you know, the The elite, the pettiness of the elite and the fashion industry and like how, how funny it can all be when you like step back. Yeah. So, you know, I love that. That's a, that's a good (laughs) choice. Good choice. Thanks for reminding me that movie existed. (laughs) It's a gem. I mean, the, the second one, not great there was a sequel oh <laughs> I had no idea there was a sequel a couple of years ago it was not good oh it was a couple of years ago yeah that's like a huge gap in between yeah there was a big gap in between and it was it was not great interesting I mean I I chuckled a little bit but it just wasn't the same yeah didn't have the same vibe as like you know coming out in the early what 2000s 
2001 was the okay first zoolander one. 2 came out okay in 2016 yeah oof wow yeah 15, 15 years. year gap dang yeah i imagine the sequel was strange <laughs> it was yeah it was bizarre <laughs> so overall how would you describe your relationship with movies are you, do you consider yourself a casual watcher hobbyist do you feel like movies are really life-changing or are they more just entertainment Oh, movies can be very life-changing. Absolutely. I think they're one of my favorite art forms because it's just another version of storytelling that has been around since, you know, the dawn of time. Ever since humans have been around, we've had ways of telling stories through, you know, spoken word or visual mediums. And it's like movies just kind of bring it all together. I feel like they're uh, not going away anytime soon. (laughs) Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it's been... I've been reading a bit about like how much, how much it has morphed because of streaming, like the kind of movies that can get made. Like people have commented how there's been just a different quality and sort of tonality to the movies that make it to the theaters nowadays. And it has a lot to do with the fact that they used to green light stuff that wasn't, you know, like your 10 star blockbuster Mm -hmm. and you'd get these like cult classics that didn't make a lot in the box office, but then would maintain over the years as these, you know, these like gems. And now you're not really seeing that anymore. It's like, it's gotta be a blockbuster or nothing. (laughs) I miss that so much. And like, Sorry, not to disparage, you know, the, the the Marvel name or anything. I think some of those movies are great, but I mean, come on. When when every single movie that's coming out is just the newest superhero blockbuster movie, it's like, where's the, I don't know. It feels like the, the heart isn't quite there. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, cause like, of course it's going to make a bunch of money. That's what everyone wants to do. Or, you know, that's what the, that's what the mouse wants to do. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want this to get me in trouble, but <laughs> Like, oh no, I mentioned, I mentioned the mouse. Am I going to be blacklisted? <laughs> There's forever? a knock on your door. <laughs> What'd you say about the mouse? <laughs> We'd like you to come with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least. Yeah. Okay. This- I think you're on the same page. Oh with yeah. That, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. At least on this podcast, I can't speak for any Disney wiretaps in your house, but at least on this <laughs> podcast, this is a safe space for disparaging the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. It just, yeah, it feels like it's just becoming like a moneymaker, just churning out, you know, the latest thing. Okay. Who's, who are the biggest names that we have out there? You know, what are the same like IPs we can pull from? Oh, and not to mention all the remakes, all the reboots that they're doing. Yeah. It's so boring. Yeah. And so people say like, oh, why are we making new original ideas? And it's like, well, cause you know, it's cheaper. They can just keep the same IP and then just redo it. People are still going to come see it, but I don't know. It loses the magic a little bit. Absolutely. And I think it ironically touches back on what we were just saying, because yeah, people are going to see it because it's an existing thing they're already familiar with. And people are just more likely to go to things that they've heard of, even that even when everyone is like, oh my God, we need original ideas. They're still going to go see that weird Winnie the Pooh movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, again, that is like a very human thing is that, um, you know, humans in general don't tend to like change. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we tend to lean into the familiar or, you know, something that we already know because at a base level, it's comforting. Absolutely. That's what it is, is the way that the film industry has evolved into this thing of just stay in the comfort zone where we know we can get the money. And that's mm-hmm. not how film originated. And that's not how it has been in the past. So that's gotten quite different. Yeah, absolutely. 
but yeah, how else would you describe your relationship with movies? Well, of course, as a uh, as an actor, <laughs> <laughs> listeners should know that she just pulled out a skull and and held it like Shakespeare. <laughs> I I did absolutely. It's always been a thing where I've always just thought like I would love to be a part of telling these stories. I would you know really love being able to embody a character and. From a personal level, I love being able to take on a character that's not myself, or you can, you know, bring parts of yourself into a character, but I just really love being able to be someone different for a little while, or, you know, be able to like tell the story from the perspective of somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. It's like fun to be a little bit introspective. Totally. Something that I often feel about watching like movies or TV or reading books is in a way storytelling is allowing you to live other lives like you literally get to like live another life that you will never actually live because you're you and you have whatever your situation is and that's what that's part of I think why we love hearing storytelling watching storytelling and then to be a part of it it's like even more like you literally are living another life for a little bit so it's like a little a little vacation or a parallel universe absolutely it's like um you know playing make-believe who, who wouldn't want to play make-believe hopefully for a living uh, but <laughs> you know when you're a little kid like why should it stop there absolutely all kids play make-believe and that's what movie making is just you get to do that on screen with costumes and stuff <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's like let's let's play pretend <laughs> one of my favorites <laughs> love it And now for something different. This is Future Predictions with Mixtape Majesty. For today's episode, we will be predicting a future moment in the life of Satsunami, the host of the Chatsunami podcast. Check out Chatsunami podcast wherever fine podcasts are found. For the month of September, they are focusing on the Terminator film franchise, watching every single movie and then talking about them. But let's talk about Satsunami. I have looked into my hypothetical crystal ball, and it is with great certainty that I can announce Satsunami will shortly be receiving a themed gift from someone, and the karmic energy of this gift will so shift the energies in Satsunami's life that from that moment forward, for the next 380 days, Satsunami's life will get microscopically better every day. This has been Future Predictions with Mixtape Majesty. Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Chatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives into both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series, Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that's so- Sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. The future. The future is incredible, and we are living it right now. We are living in a world where Darth Vader can Kamehameha the Jonesy cat off of my back. The future, technology, it's amazing. I, for one, love it. 
And you know what's a new piece of technology I just heard about? It's called Newsly. It's an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up most trending articles on the web on topics that you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. The entire web becomes listenable for the first time, all in one place, Newsly. You can browse articles from topics you choose. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashian. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. Oh, it's just like daddy technology reading you a bedtime story. Love it. And they have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Our podcast, Bring Your Own Popcorn, is there too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me. That's newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code OWNPOPCORN to receive one month free premium subscription. The future is now and it's beautiful. We are going to get into our feature film. The feature film we are discussing today, chosen by Melissa, is a 1991 adventure film that takes place after the events of the book Peter and Wendy by J.M. Barrie, a book which was a sequel to his famous 1904 play and novel Peter Pan. The screenplay for this film was inspired years earlier when the son of screenwriter Jim Hart asked him, what if Peter Pan grew up? And Jim was like, dude, hell yeah, <laughs> this kid's going to make me some money. <laughs> I'm kidding. I made that up. I don't know what they really said. <laughs> Probably. Something like that, <laughs> I imagine. Uh, no word on whether Jim ever paid his son royalties for the idea. <laughs> but he did cast his son as one of the Lost Boys in the film. Which one? I don't know. I forgot to look it up. Really? Should I look it up? Yeah, I'm going to look it up. I bet you it was just like a background one. Jim Hart, son, Lost Boys. Mm. I know I know that he was 11 when, I think I found a picture. Let's see. Yeah, there's, if you Google it, there's a picture of him. I don't recognize that kid though, of him with Steven Spielberg and Robin Williams. Oh, the, the black and white picture? Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I think he had some lines, but nothing that stands out in my memory. Okay, yeah. So he was in there somewhere, not really sure a mm, bit part very cool yeah along with a bunch of other family members and celebrities were featured in little cameos most of them uncredited including david crosby jimmy buffett glenn close tony burton and then george lucas and carrie fisher or did you know what they are do you know the couple in the scene when tink is flying away and she sprinkles some dust and there's a couple kissing on a bridge and they float oh, and they start floating yeah that's george lucas and carrie fisher what <laughs> isn't that weird oh my god what <laughs> i have like, you, no you idea you can't even tell it's them but like it's them. i assumed it was just some extras like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like they just happened to be well, on the yeah. set <laughs> that's wild the, the one that blew me away too was um was glenn close yeah, who was she? Do you remember when Hook is like, uh, which of you, which of you doubt me that I would find Pan? And the one that gets put in the boo box where like they like put, they put the pirate in the box and throw the yeah. scorpions into the box. 
that was Glenn Close in like pirate makeup. Oh my God. I've seen this movie like so many times, had no idea that was her. And I had to like look up the scene again because I like didn't get it. And yeah. it's it's her. It's her That's with like a beard and everything. Amazing. Wow. I had no idea that that just <laughs> just found that out today. That's so fun. Yeah. Gosh, like, this what? This set must have been just such a fun set. <laughs> well, and what was the other cameo that you mentioned? Um, there was David Crosby, Jimmy Buffett, Tony Burton. Uh-huh. And then George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Who wait, who's who was Jimmy Buffett? I mean, I guess he could have like fit in with kind of <laughs> probably yeah, like a pirate. Any of them. Who was Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> His character was shoe stealing pirate. <laughs> <laughs> So I, apparently someone steals some shoes and he's the one. <laughs> oh, Tony. Okay. I looked up Tony Burton in Hook too. Okay. He was like the one that put, when they're like, oh, shut him up uh, to for Pan. And they like take oh. his glasses off and put his little like bow tie like in his mouth. He was like yeah. one of the guys that was doing that. Okay. Nice. Oh, crazy. Yeah. How funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just a pile of celebrities on, on set. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a blast on set. And uh, oh, but before that, Steven Spielberg began developing the film in the early 1980s, but he then abandoned the project and then returned in 1989. I couldn't really find any information on like why he started and then left. So I don't know. Hmm. He had other stuff to do. <laughs> and then it was released in 1991. After its initial release, the film received mixed reviews from critics, but it was oh, nominated. Wow for five Academy Awards, but didn't win any of them. But I would say, fuck the critics and the awards because the people have spoken. This film has gained a strong cult following, which spawned video games, action figures, comic book adaptations, and years of love. The film we are talking about today, as you may have guessed, <laughs> is <laughs> Directed by Steven Spielberg, starring our beloved Robin Williams. Melissa, thank you so much for choosing this fun film for us to discuss. Absolutely. So to, to start us off, tell me, in your opinion, what is what are the most important things that happen in this movie? It's the story of Peter Pan, who has grown up, which is, you know, Weird. the antithesis of his whole, his yeah. whole uh, mantra. You know, I don't want to <laughs> grow up. You'll never grow up. So um, he's a grown up. And in present day, he has just become a workaholic lawyer who completely forgot about his past as Peter Pan. And then his arch nemesis, Captain Hook, shows up and kidnaps his children. So then Peter must return to Neverland and bring them back. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say, what are the like emotional beats of the film? Oh boy, there's a few. I know we might like get to this later, but it hits a lot different as an adult than it does as a child. Mm-hmm. God, the emotional beats. I don't know. How, sh how should I describe the emotional beats of this movie? I feel like I have the core realizing it now that I'm older, that it's more about reclaiming your identity and like remembering who you are at your core. Totally. Yeah. Tell me about the first time that you watched the movie, where, who, and then let's compare your response then versus your response now. Gosh, I remember my parents had this movie on VHS and I was very small. And my best friend, Michelle, who lived across the street, I used to invite her over to watch this movie. And every time my mom would make us our favorite treat to watch movies with 
and we called it APC, oh. which stood for apples, popcorn, and cheese. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Oh my so God. we'd have these little bowls with little apple slices and little slices of cheese and like popcorn on the other side. I love and that. And it was like, it, it was always like hook and having APC at the same time. That's so cute. <laughs> it was my, yeah, one of my favorite memories. And, and so, yeah, the, the response then was, you know, you're a little kid. So I feel like you're taken in by the adventure and the spectacle of the movie. Like, wow. And, and I, when I was little, I was kind of a little tomboy too. So like, I used to think like, oh, how cool would it be, you know, living in a, a, a tree house full of your friends and you get to fight the pirates and like, oh, I'm never going to grow up. And you just like see Peter as like, oh, okay. He's a stuffy old grown up, and he just needs to learn how to be a kid again. But then uh, it's it's very different when you become an adult, rewatch this movie, because it's like you, you kind of realize, oh, wait, that could be me. I'm closer in age to his character as an adult than being a child. And so like, you know, he becomes a workaholic. He's like forgotten the, uh, the imagination and like remembering how to play. And that's been a very uh, like, oh, wow, kind of kind of makes you think, huh? <laughs> kind of. Makes you want to reconnect with your inner child. And then also um, like his relationship with his family too. When it turns out that like, oh, his his happy thought was him wanting to be a dad and um, him being there for his children. Oh, kind of gets you in the emotions more than I remember as a kid. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fun thing about this movie is, is it brings so much to the table for kids with like the shenanigans and the goofing around and the like fake food and the bright colors. Yeah. And then there's actually a complex story that's there for adults as well, especially parents who have to take their kids to like shitty kids movies all the time. Yeah, it, it works so well as a multi-generational movie. And I didn't even realize it at the time. Yeah. The first time you saw it, do you remember anything about that where you're just like, oh man, like this is a movie I'm going to keep watching or? I think so. Because like at the time I, I kind of knew who Robin Williams was just because of Aladdin. I think, I think I'd seen Aladdin before I saw Hook. So it was like, oh, like he's, he's the funny guy from the movie or from, from Aladdin. And so just like being taken in by the adventure and like, like laughing at the shenanigans was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to keep watching this. It'll be it'll be fun how was the what was the biggest gap between like when you watched it as a kid versus as an adult so I think the last time I watched it as a kid must have been when I think I was probably under 12 I was probably like maybe 10 the last time I watched it and then the next time I had watched it it was kind of emotional it was after I found out that Robin Williams passed away Mm. and the day I found out I decided to watch that movie just for you know nostalgia and Mm sentimental purposes and oh I cried through the whole thing <laughs> I bet yeah like that line where he's like what, what does he say something about oh I think like death would be quite an adventure when he's like yeah <laughs> that got me when I was watching it too and uh yeah that got me a few times there were a few mentions of mortality that I didn't even think of until that happened yeah and it hit a little bit harder than <laughs> I thought it would yeah, me too. Because like Robin just he just absolutely nailed that character mm-hmm. going from, you know, the stuffy lawyer doesn't have time for his kids and, you know, so uptight. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when he kind of he takes on that he's a little bit badass when he becomes Peter and <laughs> has the messed up hair. And it's like, wow, he like really transformed so well. Yeah. And like kept it light and 
I don't know. I just don't think we'll have anyone like him for a long time. I just don't think he's replaceable. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, so unique and in such a, a special way, because I think there's some actors that will kind of play very similar roles over and over again that aren't necessarily super dynamic, but yeah, the, the like warmth that he brought to his characters was really like untouchable by anybody else that I've seen. Yeah. He had such like a spark. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he had such a, just like a, a twinkle in his eye that you don't see that often in actors. And I, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but <laughs> no, I, I think, I think everyone feels that Robin was very, he was very special and I don't think anyone will compare. But. Performing and doing all these things, we never acknowledge anything negative. Where it's, and if you do, it gets very violent. Like the time, mm-hmm. what happens immediately after the scene you just saw is, he starts to confront who you are. So mm-hmm. you, I know who you are, and he get, he would have really hurt Jeff's character if he'd gone any further. And that's why he goes. The hallucination guards against that. It's basically it is freeing to create that character because yeah, you can really so. explore kind of where you've been and the aspects of why you would want to deny and that kind of whole aspect of you know performing for the sake of just avoiding for him love is such a delicate thing that if and even getting it back again triggers another one of the breakdowns Uh it's so fragile for him and that's what makes it interesting that's why i did it there's a sadness and then you have to go there's also hope i mean sadness it's always like yeah you wish they hadn't happened but they did and the purpose is to make you different it's what they call the buddhist gift i would call the ultimate christian gift it's that idea of you're back and you realize the thing that matters are others way beyond yourself self goes away ego bye-bye i don't know how much value i have in this universe but i do know that i made a few people happier than they would have been without me and as long as i know that i'm as rich as i ever need to be there is something wrong but people are slowly waking up the time is over for just sitting going it'll be taken care of and i try to address it using the only weapon i have comedy and that's all we do. And I hope people wake up, and they are. We ask for your help, and we'll try and help from this end, and we'll meet, and there will be a kinder, gentler nation one day. Thank you. Yeah, you know what it is? He's friend-shaped. <laughs> Have you heard that? He's what? Friend-shaped. Like, he just, oh, look at him, and you're like, friend. Yeah, like, the warm feeling. Yeah. Like he's friend. okay. Yeah. I've never heard that before. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> he is friend shaped. Yeah. Rest in peace, Robin. <laughs> Rest in peace, Robin. I know it's gonna make me teary. Yeah, me too. <sighs> yeah. Oh, another, another actor who was amazing in that film was Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. As a kid, I had no idea who Dustin Hoffman was. Like, I think I'd, you know, I'd probably seen him a few times in, in other movies, but it didn't even occur to me that was Dustin Hoffman. He just like embodied Hook so well. Completely. Yeah. And like, it almost made me forget that it wasn't a Disney movie. I think, because were they in talks? Was, was Spielberg in talks with Disney to make this or I yeah was, I, it was Touchstone wasn't it or was it a different one it's TriStar yeah I guess Disney wasn't involved I would have just assumed it that it was but somehow but yeah D- Dustin Hoffman just completely embodied Hook mm-hmm. I thought he was amazing and like I was still blown away by his performance like I don't see him as Dustin Hoffman at all no not at all I forgot like because I looked up information about the movie before I rewatched it and then while I was watching it I forgot who he was me too and the credits yeah. rolled, and I was like oh my god I forgot that was Dustin Hoffman yeah yeah incredible he did a phenomenal job 
I think my favorite scene in the movie is him and Smee who are like <laughs> clearly dating <laughs> and it's oh. lovely the, the part I forgot was the um don't try to stop me Smee yeah. don't stop me when he's holding the gun up to his head yes. <laughs> don't stop why aren't you stopping me <laughs> yes he's like this isn't a joke <laughs> have you watched um have you watched the HBO show our flag means death I saw the first episode. I haven't okay. watched the rest. Is it is it worth it in your it's opinion? Phenomenal. It's it's so good. It's so funny, but there's also a romance and it's just it's so good. And definitely watch it because when that when all those scenes happened with like Hook and Smee and stuff and some of the other pirate scenes, I was like, absolutely the writers for our flag were inspired by Hook. Like 100 <laughs> percent Like have to have been inspired by hook <laughs> so i think i think you'll like the show I'll, okay i'll have to give it another chance because i was always like a fan of taika watiti and um i absolutely love what we do in the shadows mm. the movie and then the show i thought was hilarious too mm -hmm. for some reason the first episode i didn't laugh quite as much as i thought i would same but maybe if i if i like stick with it yeah the first episode didn't blow me away and i just kept watching because my friends had been saying like oh it's so good it's so good and I was like okay first episode was fine <laughs> but I'll just keep watching because they keep saying it and then yeah it gets better and better and better and then okay. I immediately started watching it again from the beginning <laughs> I finished yeah. and then the first episode goes over a lot better when you like know all the characters and then it's kind of like like oh my god he's saying that <laughs> oh okay yeah because everyone's established and so you kind of you yeah. get like where it's going and okay yeah, but but I'm with you that the first episode is a little like doesn't super pull you in, but it gets good. Yeah, and and I always thought that what's his name Reese? Am I pronouncing Davies? his name correctly? I'm Reese not sure. Dar Darby. Darby. Is that see. it? <laughs> Google. Reese Darby. That's yes. Fun. Okay, because I always thought he was yeah. hilarious in oh in a uh, Flight of the Concords too. Oh yeah, I loved I Flight that. of the Concords. So like all those all those uh, you know famous New Zealand people I think are hilarious. Yeah. But he was great as like the manager. So it was like funny seeing him in that. And I was like, oh, cool. Like seeing him as a different, as a different character as like the main gentleman pirate. Yeah. Yeah. He does a great job. And yeah, just totally hints of hook throughout the series, I yeah. would say. <laughs> I think you've sold me. I'm going to watch the show now. Yes. This was my yes. whole goal. <laughs> you roped me in. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Dustin Hoffman is amazing and disappeared into that role. And so was Smee. Absolutely. Smee actor. Oh my gosh. Yes. Bob Hoskins. That was another person that I didn't realize was Bob Hoskins. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God. Wow. He's amazing in this. So good. Just everyone <laughs> really just gave their heart when they, in this movie. I think the first thing I really saw him in was um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I still haven't seen that. I need to. I know. Oh my God. You need to. <laughs> yes. It's on my list. <laughs> Who does he play in that? He is like the main detective that oh. pairs up with Roger Rabbit. Okay. So he's like, cool. he's like the, the stereotypical, like hard boiled 1940s, you know, detective mm. trying to like avenge his brother's death nice. who was killed by a tune. Gotcha. Very different role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds different. <laughs> well, how would you say that 
well, actually, before I ask my final question, I mentioned that my favorite scene is the the hook and me <laughs> scene. Do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Multiple. There were a couple of times. I know one one of my favorite scenes was when he when he remembered how to fly, mm. mm-hmm. and um, because like his his happy thought was thinking about his children and him having the flashback of when he was young and finally remembering who he was. Mm-hmm. Ooh yeah it made me tear up a bit and when he like keeps coming back to visit wendy and then she turns around and she says i'm old peter mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah oh that hurt <laughs> yeah oh. brutal oh another part that made me laugh that like i completely missed were like a couple jokes that i didn't get as a kid like when like the lost boys are chasing him and he was like i'll have you know I'm a lawyer. And they go, <laughs> kill the lawyer. Oh, I'm not that kind of lawyer. Like, yeah. I like totally didn't get, didn't get the, all the like attorney jokes. At the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a bunch of little jokes like that. I remember there was one that I remember getting as a kid, but not until, cause I watched this movie over and over as a kid. Yeah. And I remember being so proud of myself the day that it clicked for me that <laughs> Toodles losing his marbles was a pun. Oh yeah. I've lost my- <laughs> I've lost my marbles. <laughs> the day I realized that, I was like, oh my God, it's like, because when you say that when someone's like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get it. He finally gets it back and he's like, I didn't lose my marbles. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So many good moments. How would you say that this movie has changed or affected your life? I feel like it's, I think it's really spoken to me throughout the years from you know, being a little rambunctious, adventurous kid. And then I feel like every time I watch it, it kind of not grounds me, but it uh, levitates me a little bit. <laughs> makes me remember like who I am, makes me remember that, hey, I'm still that playful, like brave little kid that I used to be. And to, you know, not quite take myself as seriously and to remember what's important in my life instead of just, you know, the day-to-day things that are dragging me down, whether it's stress for work or you know adult shit adult stuff yeah mm-hmm. just adult stuff it's like you know there's always going to be adult stuff but you can't forget who you are I think that was really important for me to remember yeah that's beautiful I love that like I just love that movies can be that for people it's like it's like your comfort blanket or I don't know it's even more significant than a comfort blanket because like you're saying it helps you remember who you are and that's that's incredible yeah, like when the movie was ending and the the theme music for it just kind of makes me tear up every time. Aww. Like at the very end, like I realized that I was like crying Aww. and my, I was about to say boyfriend, my fiance nice. uh, was next to me and he's like, oh, are you okay? Like, are you crying? Cause you're happy. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel so many things. I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel like everything. So there's like a little bittersweet feeling about it every time I see it and it's just very special absolutely I feel that did you when you rewatched it with your fiance hey yeah <laughs> did you have uh APC was it APC yeah uh, APC. APC. <laughs> we did not have APC but it makes me really want to make it now uh I haven't had it in years and um I'll have to slice up some apples and some cheese I'm going to copy that I'm going to do that <laughs> please do yes Yes, let's make APC a thing. I love it. <laughs> what a great snack. So you've got like a fruit that's like hydrating and then, you know, cheese is just tasty. And then the popcorn for the crunch. That's just 
brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like loving it as a kid. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, that was my mom trying to do something like healthy, <laughs> like mm. trying to make like a healthy <laughs> snack for the kids. Like, oh, the apples, you know, a little bit of cheese and the popcorn. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, it's a decent, like healthy-ish like snack for kids. And it's pretty smart of her, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a great one. And giving it a cute little nickname. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was just my friend and I made it up. Oh, uh, you, you and your friend did? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> How clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's something that I love to do is I have different movies that are like tied to food memories. Oh. Like for me, like E.T. and Pizza Bites, because I think it was the first time oh. I had Pizza Bites was while watching E.T. So the, they're just like, like little pizza rolls or like pizza, yeah, pizza rolls. bites. Ooh, no, yeah. the, like the ones that are pockets. Little square ones. Yeah. yeah pizza rolls. Heck yeah. Love they're it. just like tied together. <laughs> uh, and then like a goofy movie and soup because they eat soup in that movie. And so I would want to like eat soup while I was watching it also. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You didn't make a leaning tower of cheese. Out. <laughs> I never, I've never had that. Have you had that stuff? Oh, the, the, like the squirt cheese? Whiz, yeah. Oh yeah. Not, not cheese whiz, but there was one called easy cheese. Easy where cheese. Where you could like, like spray it on a cracker. I wanted yeah. it, but I've never had it. Used to have that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <sighs> Is there anything else? Anything else you want to say to convince people to watch this film? I just think it's a it's a magical film that both kids and adults can enjoy. It has everything. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It has action. Absolutely. And it's an all-time classic. Agreed. And getting to see Robin Williams do his thing and shine. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. If folks would like to find more Melissa, where could they do that? Oh, yes. You can find me on Instagram at DangerMel. That's D-A-N-G-E-R-M-E-L. I have no specific upcoming projects, but stay tuned. <laughs> Follow Danger Mel for the upcoming projects. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. This was such a blast. Like, it was so fun to revisit this movie, and it was so fun to talk with you about it. I really loved hearing all your thoughts and everything. Yeah, it was wonderful being here. It was lovely talking to you about movies. Love to yeah. do it again sometime. Hell yeah. Either recorded or not recorded. Either way. <laughs> Both, yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for being on. Alrighty, thank you. Mm-hmm.